welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Battletoads for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Battletoads was developed by Rare and published by Trade West in North America in June of 1991. It was published in Japan by Masaya in December of 1991, and someone published it in Europe, possibly Mindscape, mm. in 1993. <laughs> <sighs> ah, poor Europe. Once again, having to wait, which is very strange because uh, Rare is a British company. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, the game was designed by the brothers Tim and Chris Stamper, and they are the founders of Rare. Mm. And like I said, they are uh, in England, and uh, they actually got their start on the ZX Spectrum. Sure, sure. Which, while we had the Commodore 64 kind of filling the same gap in America, I think the ZX Spectrum was much cheaper. Okay. And that's one of those things I really wish we would have gotten in the United States. I've I've looked around at some of the games that were available. And... They're not great. I mean, if you're an American. Well, I mean, there's some that are really interesting, like, uh, I don't know, Saber Wolf. Or I, can't, I remember just some of these games where I was like, whoa, this is a huge game. Like, it looks cool. Like, and the original Metal Gear, I think, was also designed for it. Mm, okay. But what really makes the ZX uh, Spectrum or ZX Spectrum uh, interesting is that if you own the console, which is, you know, a, a form of computer, you also own the means to create your own games for it. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that's why there were so many developers that came out of that world is that if you were a huge fan of the system, you could create your own content for it, which, you know, as a super nerd of the 80s, I would have loved. Yeah, that's awesome. Sure would have beaten uh, typing in the basic uh, codes in the back of your Boy's Life magazine. Yeah, and then it makes a Christmas tree scroll by. One uh, I remember the best was the River Rapids one. Oh, okay. Which was just a square going down the screen amongst some Vs. All right, yeah. That's something, I guess. Uh, it was certainly something. Uh, now, when they started out, the brothers, uh, Tim and Chris, uh, split duties where uh, Chris was the programmer and Tim was the graphics designer and maker. Okay. Uh, but by the time that uh, Battletoads rolled around, they were more in the lead of things. They weren't getting their hands as dirty and they had people working under them. Gotcha. Gotcha. And one of the people working under them uh, is the guy that made the sound for this game, all the music. Uh, you're a big fan of his work, is Mr. David Wise. That's right. Yes. And uh, he's done some good work here, too. And you should know David Wise by now if you've listened to all 100 and, wow, 90-some episodes of this podcast. <laughs> uh, um, he did many games for the 8-bit generation uh, all the way up through the 16 through, I guess there's a couple current ones he's done. Uh, best known for Wizards and Warriors, RC Pro-Am, uh, your favorite game, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> and uh, most notably, though, Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, say what you will about many of those games, they all tend to have pretty good music. So, you know, he's a he's a, a talented composer. And uh, I was going to get into this a little bit later, but I'll bring it up now. Uh, I sent you a link or I, I had you check out the pilot, which is the only thing that exists for the Battletoads cartoon. Did you, yes, yes. Did you happen to catch any of the credits on that? Well, I did see that the... the the script for that was written by David Wise. Yeah, very interesting, branching out there. And uh, if move. you watch the whole episode, you can kind of tell that he is a much better musician than he is a children's uh, cartoon writer. 
I, yeah, I, I haven't made it through the whole thing. So, <laughs> but I was like, oh, Dave, come on, man. Hey, trying to make that money. I can't blame the guy. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to get yours. And as you can guess, this game, Battletoads, was, of course, heavily inspired by, and some would say a blatant cash grab at, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, it's up there. It's uh, one of the more direct or blatant ones, I guess you might say. Yeah, being like, you know, rude, amphibian kind of uh, creatures, you know. Yeah, I, I remember there being a ton of them, you know. Yes. They even admit that the characters of this game were designed to be heavily merchandised. Yeah, yeah, which... It's crazy. I don't know. <laughs> well, it is because it didn't really catch on with the kids as much as the Turtles did. And none of them did because the Turtles was, you know, the first and it had a very unique place where it did everything right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I can see where as a maybe an adult, you're like, yeah, Battletoads. It's just the same Ninja Turtles, whatever these kids, you know, but it's like there's a lot more going on there that really kind of made Ninja Turtles kind of I mean, it's not Shakespeare, but no. It was it had its own thing, you know? Yeah. And the turtles, you could find the turtle that was, you know, your surrogate. You could pick your favorite ninja weapons, which as a child of the 80s was your favorite type of weapon, you know? Mm -hmm. So there was a lot more to tie yourself into there, whereas something like the Battletoads or or the Biker Mice from Mars, you know, there's not as much to connect with as a child there. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, even though this didn't catch on like wildfire, they did make many, many ports of this game. Yeah, yeah, it got around, man. It was ported to the Sega Genesis, the Master System, uh, the Amiga, and um, turns out that those are all probably better versions of this game because they're all a lot easier. Um, yeah, I, I kind of perused around a little bit, you know, reading about them, and I was like, oh, man. But, I mean, this was the original, right? Uh, yeah, very much so, and the other ones all came at least a year later. Mm, mm. Uh, this game was followed up by a few sequels. There was one for the Super Nintendo. There is a spinoff, which is kind of a remake of this for the Game Boy. And uh, most interestingly, and uh, for some reason, part of my collection inherited from my brother was Double Dragons and Battletoads combined in one game. Oh, yeah. I, I played a little a, a little bit of that on Super Nintendo. I feel like after a few games, yeah, I don't know, the, at least after this game, they started to realize more what people wanted out of it, you know? This game was uh, re-released as part of the Rare Collection, which came out on a few systems uh, more recently. And then uh, a new sequel to Battletoads is just being released here in the fall of 2020. Wow, really? Yep. It's uh, gotten mixed to positive reviews. <laughs> okay. I'd say it's okay. good, just a little uh, samey. Yeah, fair enough. Nick, what kind of game is Battletoads? Well, Eric, Battletoads is a side-scrolling, platforming, mini-game collection. Hmm. I thought you, you were going to it. say that it was a uh, children's anger instigator. Uh, yeah, no, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um... But no, at its heart, it is a side-scrolling brawler at its, you know, I think that's what they started out trying to make. Uh, yeah. And as such, you know, for most of the levels, you can jump. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a weird jump. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's a bad jump. It just doesn't feel right here. It's, you know, because you get a lot of hang time, which I guess, you know, makes sense for a, a toad. Yes. And it's somewhat variable. You can jump a kind of a shorter jump. You hold it longer. It is a taller jump. Yeah. It's, this is one area where it actually, 
really reminds me of the NES T- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in that it's like you have a jump that's way bigger than you need a lot of times, and that's where the challenge comes from is trying not to jump too high. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, and when you are on any sort of uh, bouncy object that lets you jump higher, it's even weirder. I never fully got the timing and physics of any of those springboardy areas down. Yeah, it is weird, and and it's weird, too, because they don't, like, make you go that much higher than your normal jump. So it's like, what, what am I doing here? But in addition to jumping, you can't attack. Uh, you have a punch button. Yeah, and um, it's, you know, you do a decent punch, um, which is okay. I think that the, you know, the real kind of spark of originality, I guess, for Battletoads comes from when you're hitting the guys, and then you can kind of combo into these cartoonish like a giant fist you know and you smack them back and it's real strong yeah and that to me was awesome as a child that won me over instantly yeah yeah i mean because there's a decent variety you know for especially only having one attack button you know most brawlers you know or if you think of like double dragon where they always opt for the a b jump double you know you got to press both buttons right which Kind of sucks, but if you're using that much platforming, then I think you're doing something wrong anyway. So here, you know, considering that they only have one attack button, uh, they they give you a decent variety of, of attacks. How you do them all, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, there is uh, times when you do, you know, a three punch hit and you finish it up with a big fist combo. Sometimes it's a big boot. Yeah. Uh, certain enemies you knock into the ground mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they get stuck and then you boot them, uh, you know, and like you said, it's the context of when you're going to do these is never very clear. Yeah, the only one I consistently knew is it's like, you know, you, if you punch them four times, like, or whatever, the fifth one will be your big fist. So, right. Sometimes I got a boot or, and I was like, I mean, I'm not complaining, but I, I, uh, I'm happy to see it, but I wish I knew what I was doing more, you know? Yeah. And in this game, you can also dash. So if you double tap to a direction and hold it down, you do run. Mm-hmm. And when you are running, you also have another attack, which is the headbutt. Yeah, and sometimes you just do a little like flat headbutt, but sometimes you get like big ram horns. And is that does that change from uh, the distance you've ran? I, I that's what I thought at first. I kept it. I actually tried experimenting with this to figure it out, and I couldn't. Yeah, I don't know how I did it. And when I did do the ram head, I was pleasantly surprised, <laughs> uh, but I could never control it either. Now, in addition to your normal fists, there are a few things you can pick up in the game. That's right. You can grab some weapons. And by a few, I mean two. Pretty much. <laughs> you know, uh, all of this is thrown at you in the very first level, and it really sets the stage for what you think is going to be a very expansive game with lots of different things. Yeah, yeah. Bit of a tease there. It is. Uh, there are these walker creatures that once you've defeated them, their legs and their head are left behind. Yeah. And you can pick up the head and throw it very awkwardly. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever successfully hit an enemy with that. No, I, yeah, I never really messed with it. It's more for hitting the second player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the possibly the most fun experience I remembered <laughs> from youth was like you're playing two player. You get to that first walker, you beat it. It falls into two pieces and then you can throw a piece at the person. The other piece is the, one of the legs, which yep. is kind of a club. Mm-hmm. You can play a little makeshift baseball there. We just thought that was so cool. Yep. It is super cool. Uh, wish, wish more was done with that. But instead, you get to use that walker leg as a bat uh, anytime you find one. And it's pretty good. It uh, acts like the third hit of your punch or the the fifth where you get the big, mm-hmm. the big hit and it knocks things back pretty far. It gives you a little extra range. Yeah. And I don't know how many hits you get with it, but eventually it just goes away. Yeah, I'm not sure. I do know that 
you know, whenever you get to a boss, you know, there's a usually a, a brief little, you're total like freak out and their eyes get real big and their jaw drops as the boss enters and you always drop your weapon there. And I'm always like, come on, because it, it's way too hard. You know, I mean, that's a standard across most brawlers is that like you it's hard to pick up a weapon with enemies on the screen because they always move in and hit you. And it's like you lose it right at the boss. Like it's still there teasing you. Come on, man. That is pretty rough. Now, in addition to your standard running around and jumping mechanics, uh, the game does give you a few other things to do. Um, there are levels where you hang from a rope. And by levels, mm-hmm. I mean one level. Right, right. And when you are in that <laughs> stage, you can turn into a wrecking ball. Yeah. Um, were you, I'm not sure exactly, is that like a double tap or something? I was just kind of doing it randomly. I didn't, uh, you know, because if you don't do it, you kind of do a, you swing in and do like a kick, which also works, I guess is not quite as strong. Mm-hmm. You do a kick at that point. And when you control in this level, you, and we'll get into the controls for the specific levels more once we get to those levels, but you move your character around as he swings on this rope and it, you have to, you do as a, and it does obey the rope physics a little bit where you, you can't just move from one side to the other quickly. You have to have the rope come with you. But I found that if you were to the edge of the screen, then you could just automatically turn into the wrecking ball. Oh, okay. If you press to the side, you're on. Okay. That was a tactic I had from youth because if you just always do wrecking ball attacks, you're pretty much invincible in that level. Mm, yeah, that's a, that's a good move. Now, also in this level, there are crows or some sort of bird with a large beak and if you kill them, either their beak falls off and you get to use it as a knife or they were carrying a knife, which you also get to use. <laughs> I like to think of it as the beak, but it could be either. Well, it's not beak colored once you get it. That's true. That is true. That's the only point of contention for me in confusion. Uh, and <laughs> it gives you, I guess, a little bit more distance on your swing, but it's really not that helpful. Yeah. Uh, in addition to those two forms of uh, toad movement, you're given a few vehicles in the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, sadly, there is no form of attack while you're on these vehicles. No, that's pretty disappointing. <laughs> Very much so. And uh, really, all you can do is jump. And in some of them, it's not even that obvious, you know? Correct. Uh, but the saddest part is when you have jumped, you cannot move. You are locked in. Yes. Which uh, really, as we'll get to later, this is becomes the end game for most players of Battletoads. <laughs> Wiser players than us. There is one other uh, thing I forgot to mention that at at certain stages you do get to pick up snowballs and throw them. So there's one more projectile you get. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, And there is another vehicle that does not jump. Uh, It only goes when you press the direction of the direction you want to go. That is the clinger winger. And I'm sure we'll talk (laughs) about that in great detail later. We got a lot to say, people. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) Oh, and there is one other uh, vehicle in the game, and that is the little helicopter things. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about those guys. And they just let you fall slowly. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Pretty pretty cool, I guess. I guess. Now, this game <laughs> uh, does have a health system, which is nice and handy. Yeah, you have a life bar with six blocks on it. Yep. And uh, and what you'll hear me say about 100 times as we go through this podcast, uh, there's some cool ideas here where to refill that health, you don't find a piece of pizza or a pellet <laughs> no. Instead, flies fly onto the screen. Yeah, and then your tongue will, you press B and it kind of auto-aims a little bit. But you still have to be facing the right direction and be close enough. Yeah, so which is pretty cool. Um, the problem, I think, with the life bar itself is that it's like, by the third or fourth level of this game, 
you're just dying in one hit anyways for almost everything. So right. it's like, well, you're really teasing me here. Like sometimes I don't even waste my time with the flies because I'm like, well, it's not going to make a difference. Yeah. And the flies give you back one uh, block of life per fly. And you never see more than three of them at a time. And getting all three can be pretty hard. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm lucky if I get two, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's a cool mechanic, and um, yeah. one of my favorite other things is that there is in this game, we'll talk about it later, or perhaps in part two, uh, that mm -hmm. there is an enemy, a space invader enemy, that instead of fighting you, just goes to steal your health from the health bar. Yeah, kind of, was that Galaga style? Yep. Where they come down to steal your ships? Yeah, 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 which is a neat idea. It's just tough to, I don't know, I was never able to stop them all, you know? Well, you can hit them before they get to your bar. That's the key factor. Definitely, yeah. So you have to do that. Once they steal it, uh, then they try to leave. If you kill them then, your life goes flying out, and you have to grab that life for it to go back into your life bar as well. Yeah, that's what, like, the first time it really caught me off guard was like, oh, you know, I got to catch it too? Like, come on. I know. And then wow. in, in addition to... uh your hit points there or life bar there are there are lives as well or you know extra toads yeah it's a little confusing because you have your six blocks of life and then your lives are represented by hearts yeah that is confusing because hearts should be life i think so <laughs> and blocks should be uh lives so you know whatever either way you do not find free men in the game I mean, there are a couple though oh there are let's yeah, let me just... phrase that I have okay. never found a free man. And actually, you know what? I lied. I remember seeing a couple floating in the, some of the racing stages. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they just say one up, right? Yeah, and it's like there are a few that are not as hard. They're almost always in the air. And since this is a, you know, that angled, that three quarters view, a lot of times, you know, you're, you're coming down. You see it in the air, but you're like, I have no idea how high or far because I can't see the shadow right. of it. So it's, it's, a, it's a real crapshoot to get those. And this game does change perspective quite a lot. You are in that three quarters isometric view that the British love so much for parts of the game. But other parts, it is just a straight up 2D. Yeah. And we'll talk about those each in the level by level portion. And you can get, you do get extra lives every 100,000 points. Okay. And I got a few that way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Me too. Uh, not, not from the collecting them on the screen ever, but mainly in that. And then there are also continues in this game. Yeah, and you only get three, right? Yes, uh, that was a yes. And we'll talk about that <laughs> later because I thought you had infinite. So yeah, me too. <laughs> things got real, real rough there towards the end because of that. It was about to get real. <laughs> now, um, in addition to those things, there are a couple codes you can put in to make things slightly easier. That is true. Uh, and there is one to put in that will give you six lives when you start. Is that what it is? I think, yeah, five or six instead of your three. It is a five-toed code, as I've seen it put Two. online. Okay, yeah, which, and you can you can hold up to nine lives, even though the your meter will only indicate up to five. Oh, interesting. I don't think I ever ran into that problem. <laughs> but you can also re-input that code each time you continue as well. Oh, okay, cool. In addition to that code, as many readers of Nintendo Power knew, there are warps scattered throughout the game. Yeah, there's... How many are there? Four? Three or four? I think there are four. We'll point them out. And uh, the first one in the game is the only way as a child I ever beat the racing stage. 
Yeah, same here. I, I never did it. I was like, if I can just make it to that warp, I can get to another stage I'll never finish. Right. Well, yeah, and it's like, these aren't the warp zones, you know, <laughs> that I wanted, because you can usually, you can take one or two, I think, because they each warp you a few levels forward, but it's not like you can skip through half the game or more, you know? It wasn't like in Super Mario Brothers 1, where you're like, I warped to level four, and then I warped to eight, and there we go. Right. It's like you can skip a couple levels, which is nice. Don't get me wrong. Well, Nick, this game was made to be a merchandising powerhouse, so I'm hoping that if the manual isn't very good at describing what you do in this game, at least it has some really good Battletoads artwork. Well, kind of. Um, okay. <laughs> this is a, it is, it's 20 pages, black and white. Uh, you do have some screenshots. There's not a lot of pictures of the Battletoads, but there is like a five pages enemies section. Oh, is the Black Queen a part of that uh, five page the, spread? The Dark Queen, ah. Yeah, she's the centerfold. No, um, it's you got a, you know, it's got all your your snowmen and all that whatnots. So you do get some pictures of that stuff. Yeah. As far as story goes, it doesn't give you much more. That's not in the opening crawl of the game where you know there's the Dark Queen and she kidnapped Pimple and Princess Angelica. There's no word at all about Battletoads' origin, how they met Professor T Bird, the Dark Queen, or who the Princess Angelica is a princess of the Terran Empire. I think. The story you're given in the cartoon is awful. Well, yeah. Well, from watching the opening where I was like, wait, these are people that got turned into toads? Oh, uh, according to the cartoon, they are three uh, misfits and nerds from Oxnard <laughs> High School from Oxnard. Oxnard, California. Sweet. And while the professor and queen are on the run from the Dark Queen, they break into the ancient Battletoads fortress. They were the guardians of the queen and her empire. They take their dna juice that was on storage and warp to the united states uh on planet earth uh the first three people they find are those teenage kids which of course one's a punk rocker with uh sunglasses one's okay. a big fat guy and one's a dweeby nerd <laughs> okay. and uh they ask them if they want to be intergalactic heroes they say yes and somehow douse them with this dna juice that lets them turn at will into the battle toads whoa so they're like were toads yes Weird. And in the cartoon, they have a flying 57 Chevy like the Neutrinos. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That's so that is so funny. What a what a weird, weird world. So I would prefer the vagueness of the video game any day to that goofball origin. Yeah. Now, does it describe any of these attacks or, uh, you know, special vehicles or anything in the game? Well, it, it does give you some brief controls. And you get like level preview kind of screenshots of levels two, three, four, and seven. That's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I said, there's a large enemy section, and they also do give you some like, here are obstacles, spike balls, watch out for these. Oh, because you never, never encountered those before in a game. <laughs> no, and then at the end, you do get smash hits where it talks about your special moves. Or no, I'm sorry. It lists them and at no point describes them or tells you how to do them. Huh. So. I know there's eight things you can do, and I'm pretty sure I've done about six of them. So I think there might be some more magic in there somewhere. But And that's it, man. So, I mean, I guess it does an okay job of describing the controls because, I mean, three of the levels don't barely even use buttons. So it's like, yeah, whatever. I, I get it. Yeah, there's not too much to go into. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, Nick, what was your personal history with Battletoads for the NES? Well, sir, I rented it uh, as, a, as a child. I, I was pretty excited. Oh, I was all aboard the hype train, thanks to Nintendo Power. Yeah, and I mean, as much as uh, I've already made fun of it for being a ripoff of Ninja Turtles, like I was right there. I was like, I don't care. Yeah. I'll take it. It's fine by me. That's all I want. But <laughs> I want to say, I think, sadly, I rented this game at least twice, possibly three times. I know it was more than once because I first played it at a friend's house as a rental, and I know I rented it at least once. Yeah. And, you know, that first level was pretty fun. Oh, it's a blast. And it's a two-player game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We forgot to mention two players simultaneous. Yeah, we did forget to mention it because uh, playing two players only makes this incredibly game, incredibly hard game harder. I know. <laughs> because the the biggest problem you find out instantly when you start playing with your best friend is that the friendly fire on this game is no joke. No, it's on all the time. <laughs> not only is it on all the time, there is not much room around each player to maneuver without hitting the other person. Right, right. So you really got to have your... You know, I, I I can't even imagine it in some of the later levels, you know, like there's the, just no way. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And I did play this game with my best friend. Uh, you know, we would rent it for sleepover nights. And I can remember being sitting there with the Nintendo power you mm -hmm. know, ready to go. And it, even sitting there, you know, during the uh, first of the racing stages or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The turbo tunnel, the turbo tunnel. One of us would be like, all right, you know, you got the map. I think it was the fold out, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we had that fold out sitting there and one of us and I can remember one of us would go down and basically read the map to the other person. Yeah. So you yeah, because so you don't have be like up, down, down, up, up, down, jump, jump, over, jump, down, you know, and that with that method, we could usually get to the warp. Yeah, that's about as far as I ever made was the warp. I did manage to get there. Yep. Once and or twice. the warp. Where does it take you to? I think it takes you to the snake pit. The, it does. And then you get about two levels into the snake pit, the first one with pit deaths. And then that was the end of the game for me. It was a game where I would be excited to rent it. And then I'd remember and be like, oh, but you rented it. So you can't just ignore it. Like you have to play it somewhere else your parents will get mad. Yeah. And I mean, as a couple of poor boys ourselves, you know, <laughs> we, we realized that not only would our parents be mad, but like that was that was my rental. That was the only rental I got. Yeah, it'd be another so, couple weeks for me, you know? Yeah, so you and I both had that same situation where you're like, I will force myself to at least enjoy some part of this game. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, even though I had Nintendo Power telling me, you know, I, I would I would see what's coming up and be like, well, maybe this will be cool or fun. And if I could just get there, it'll, it'll kick back in. Or maybe it's, you know, you, you kept hoping that like certain games where they have an early difficulty spike, Little Nemo mm -hmm. or Ninja Turtles even, you know, where you're like, oh, well, it'll go back to normal later. And then, you know, no, it never did. Or you just never get to see the later. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's true. That's how this game worked <laughs> out for me. I uh, never made it. <laughs> did you play any of the sequels? Only briefly I played, I think, on Super Nintendo. I uh, punched around with the Battletoads and Double Dragon, I think. Mm -hmm. I have played that one a bit because I own it. Actually, I own it for the Nintendo, not the Super Nintendo. Mm, okay. Yeah, and I mean, I remember thinking, well, it's it's actually a brawler, so you know yep. what I mean? I was like, that seemed all right, but I didn't play it for very long. Mm -hmm. And then one other side note is that we do have a friend, a uh, former roommate of ours, that owned this game in childhood. Oh, sure, yeah. Mr. Jason. And I recall seeing him legit getting to the snake level, if not further, without warping. Well, he for sure got way farther. He was the only person I knew who would beat the turbo tunnel you know, right. on his own, you know, yeah. so 
I, I, I'm curious to how far he actually got because it was like, I mean, more power to you, bro. <laughs> like, I, Jason, if you're listening to this, please let us know. Could you beat this game or how far did you get as a child? Inquiring minds want to know. But that was one of the first times in my life when I was like, whoa, someone can do this? Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like truly... when Bill sat down and was like, I'll show you how to beat Castlevania and did so in 45 minutes. <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought I was good at video games. Like, whoa, mama. So, Nick, what was your more recent experience with Battletoads? Well, sir, I beat this game, although I do not feel that I won. And you did so in a constant state of zen-like relaxedness, correct? I, I would say no. I extensively cheated. There was no, I, I, you know, in addition to constant save stating, I busted out the uh, the slowdown feature yes. on my emulator, which I've never had to use before. I cheated in ways I have never, ever done for a video game. <laughs> There were points at which I was save stating, and by I, I mean I forced my child, uh, my son, to sit through this game with me, which I think made it a thousand times more bearable because you had to suffer through every minute of this alone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Whereas, you know, that's the thing, the advantage I have is that I can also share the burden with my children. And anytime yeah. you're playing a horrible game with another person, it becomes more fun as you kind of like share the misery and can laugh at it a bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, but there were points in time where you know, I had him holding the keyboard. Uh, I use a wireless one that when we have it running on the TV and I would just every four seconds pause, he would save state. I'd play for four more seconds, pause, <laughs> save state, because uh, there are certain levels towards the end of this game that I literally have no idea how any human could beat otherwise, unless you have like superhuman skills like some of these people I see on YouTube that perfect games. It has to be because I mean. I'm trying to think of levels like the Klinger Winger or certain where I'm like, I'm playing this game as slow as my emulator will let me. Yes. And, and I, it's I'm barely getting by. Like, I did that so exact hard. same thing where I you can on certain emulators slow down the speed to like half. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we had a uh, one of our fans email us about what emulators we use as they were trying to get into playing some of these older games. Uh, yes. Yes, we did. Uh, which emulator do you use, Nick? Uh, well, for NES, I use the... Um, Nestopia Undead Edition or Nestopia UE. Um, okay, I think I just used the, the normal Nestopia. Yeah, I uh, when I got my new laptop a year ago or so, I you know that seemed to be when I was searching around. That seemed to be the the one that yeah. was the easiest, the best. We're no know. experts. I usually just go to lists and like see the reviews for what are the best emulators right now. Yeah, yeah. So if you're ever confused, I mean, those are always very helpful. And you know, the hardest part is finding the ROMs. You know, do your That's best. True. I am lucky enough that uh, many years ago, I downloaded a dump of almost every single ROM for NES, Super Nintendo, Game Boy, Genesis, whatever. And I have kept that folder of files moving from computer to computer as time goes on. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky that I know you because I, got to, I get to take advantage of that. Indeed. But uh, yeah, so we both beat this game uh, through cheating extensively. I mean, at one point I said, Nick, I would not fault you. If you did not finish this game, because the amount of effort I had to put into cheating, I was just like, it's maybe not worth it. <laughs> oh, it's clearly not. I don't, but I, I do it for the commandos, man. Like, yeah. I mean, early on, I think there's two or three games where I did not finish and I always felt pretty bad about it. So at this point, I'm like, I got to I got to muster muscle my way through if I can. Well, I just I, I wanted to at least play all the levels. And yeah. then, so by the time I got to the I was just like, all right, we're all we just got to do it, you know? 
Like if there had been a level select to this game, I probably would have just done that and played. Oh a man, I, I was dying. I looked so hard. I was like, "Is there a code for level select?" Especially <laughs> when I got to the point where I was like, "Oh, I'm out of continues." When I, yeah, and I, and I no. had to go back to a previous save state. Oh lord! And I was like, rough, "Well, man. I go to I got a save state that's got five lives, so I guess I'll start from there and really hate every got- minute of this." To that last level, that tower, and you know, because I already knew, I was like, it's a, it's a rotating tower or something. But when I found out how it actually controls, and I was like, wait, but how long is it? And I, I looked at his map, and I was like, what? Like, I can't believe I did not use any maps because I think it would have just frustrated me more to know how much I had to do. I, for the most part, they didn't really help, but I would just kind of to gauge, where I'd be like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I just I looked, and I was like, what? Like, it is what are you it doing is to me. So yeah, I, I beat this game with uh, the help of my son. We kind of switched off and on. Uh, whenever any of us got, or either of us got too frustrated, we could then hand off to the next person. And I think I played this in like four sittings. I yeah, it was at least four because yeah, I was trying at first. I was like, the, you get a little in between levels, kind of map, you know, kind of like uh, Ghosts and Goblins or whatever. So I was trying to beat, and it's divided into four sections. And I was like, I'll just beat one of these a day. But that didn't quite work out, so probably more like five. All right. All right, Nick, this is it. The general chat portion of our show. And before you release your fury upon this game, (laughs) I would just like to start by saying that this game has some really cool, some really fun, and some really great ideas. Uh, sadly, they are all just hidden behind some soul-crushing uh, design choices that make this game pretty much unplayable. It is rough, man. Like, it's so frustrating that, I mean, you get that first level. Like, if that first level wasn't in this game... No one would care about I this game. Like, no, I wouldn't care either. I would probably would never have played it, but it was like, oh, no, I get it. Like, you instantly see it, and you're like, okay, Battletoads... Cool characters, fun designs. You got the big boot. You get the fun action. You get some neat stuff. You're like, okay. I mean, it handles decently. In fact, at the end of the first level, you know, you get that kind of neat boss battle where it's like you're seeing through the walker's lens and you're throwing things at the screen kind of. Yeah, totally new. Yeah, that was before Ninja Turtles did it. So it was like, okay, cool. And, And to be honest, even beyond that, a lot of these different like weird levels, it's like if they were a lot shorter, it wouldn't be such a an issue yeah because every stage i was like well this is a cool idea i really like the thought of this but and then instantly they'd slap you in the face with like uh well you can't control yourself or uh (laughs) the speed is insane or you're gonna die instantly well i mean and early on in the game there were certain levels say the snake level you know where i you know i always try it without cheating at first to a certain extent but uh and i found that generally the first half were or even three quarters of these sections because it's never just a level you know they're like nope we're gonna hit you with this four times in a row yeah and they just keep getting harder and harder and faster to where you're like uh yeah at first you're like this is not so bad i can do this yeah yeah and it's like i'm i'm not really enjoying myself but this will be quick and i can move on to another fighting level yeah and you know before we even started playing this game we've put it off for a long time because we knew it was hard and we knew it was going to be very punishing Mm -hmm. but part of me was like you know i'm good i'm better than i was when i was a kid (laughs) yeah yeah. i played like a hundred plus games for this podcast (laughs) and i can say my skills have definitely improved in certain aspects because of that yeah yeah i thought you know in my mind i was like it's gonna be hard 
but I bet I'll be doing a lot better than I did as a kid for sure. I, I know what you mean. And all it took was that speeder bike level to go, no, no, you're not, Eric. And it's just like, it's not just the difficulty of this game where it's like, I can't, some of these levels where I'm like, I cannot believe someone thought this would be fun. Or then I no one I, I feel like no one play tested this game ever. Yeah, I, I cannot believe like it's like this game is like an inverse of what it should be instead, you know, where you barely have any brawling, which is what the people want. And instead you have these long, quote unquote, puzzle platformy levels or whatever or that racing go on forever vehicle levels. Yeah. yeah, racing levels, you know, it's like, all right, this would be fine if this was a mini level or a section of a level like if i was going through a brawling level and then there was a little oh you got to ride a snake up or or snake or two up a little bit to get to the next section okay cool that's cool but it's like nope we made a whole level out of it it kind of reminds me of donkey kong country where it's like you just have these big blocks of now you're on the fish this is boring why why is this so long it's fine you know although donkey kong country is much better than this game i will say and as we're no fans of Donkey Kong Country, I'll tell you what the biggest difference here between Donkey Kong Country and this game, <laughs> and that is play control. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though I don't really enjoy what I'm doing in Donkey Kong Country after a while, I know that when I jump a certain way or do a certain thing, I know where I can land. I know where I can hit. Yeah, yeah. And in this game, I am never comfortable jumping from one thing to another at any point. Well, they do several things that drive me nuts, you know, and a lot of, yeah, and it somehow manages to retain these weaknesses of a brawler, even when you're not in those stages where it's like, if you think of, say, River City Ransom or certain parts where it's like the left edge of a of a gap is angled to the top right and the opposite one is to the top left. So yeah. it's like you always have to be at the top when you do the jump because the distance is wider towards the bottom of the screen. Yeah. It's like, why they don't just make them opposites, I don't know. But so you have that here, and you have this big, weird jump. And the edges of every surface are fuzzy. You never know what the real edge is. Yeah, you're not getting a line. You're getting like a, it's it's rounded off. And it's like, well, that's great. It it looks fine. I mean, it's just, I mean, it does a lot of things that I feel like I, I could tolerate and maybe have or would keep in mind in past games where it's like, hey. This was a rush job. It's a license. You know, even the first Ninja Turtles game were like interesting ideas. Didn't quite work out. But here I'm like, look at these back. This is not a rush. The backgrounds look really good. The, I mean, maybe not really good. They're all, they're all pretty red and brown. That kind of gets old. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's some good, some graphically things look fine. The music's so, good. Like, Yeah, let's, let's go with some positives here for just a moment. Graphic wise, this game is awesome. I mean, I really like the design of the Toads. All the cartoony things they do, their exaggerated expressions. I genuinely love the little toad sprite. It's it's not too big, which I was like, hey, cool. Awesome. And it, it conveys a ton of emotion. Like you said, when you get to a boss and like your eyes bug out and your jaw drops, that is genuinely funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the exaggerated ways like you are flung off the back of the vehicles you're riding. Great. All yeah. the enemy designs are really cool, unique little characters like the rat dudes and stuff like mm-hmm. You know, they aren't just your generic bad guys in a video game. Yeah, and you know, um, and like we said, the music's pretty good, but it just like this game bends over backwards to not give you what you want, it feels like. Yeah, like we said, all the different levels are punishing, but what's cool is that they all do look different. They're different areas, and I love that map, you know, and when you're in between levels, you get a little bit of a cutscene. Usually it's the queen saying something and then the bird man, Dr. Bird, whatever his name is, <laughs> uh, telling you what she said. And then from inside your weird buzzard ship. Yeah, the I don't even know what it's called. 
but I, and you know you get that one uh, fourth of the map, which is really cool. It's detailed. It's got like little you know uh, highlights and stuff for you, and it's all these little touches that really frustrate me because they are so cool. Yeah, I mean this. Yeah, this game seems to have the right pieces, you know, to make it fun, but just not put together properly, I guess, or they use too many of these certain pieces, like the racing levels or like, you know, the turbo tunnel. Everyone knows and hates that. Right. At least you do. And you think it's the worst level ever until you get to the what's the surfing level? surf. Oh, my God. I, I didn't mind the surfing level as much. I felt I like I hated it, man. Things were slower there where I could actually like get around stuff if I needed to. Well, I just hate the where you're like, I'm not actually surfing. I'm skipping across the surface. Like, yeah, OK, that? that's horrible. Who uh, the that? worst of all is the wheel. The what is the wheel thing called? The the clinger winger, the clinger winger stage. To me, that 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 stage is legit, like broken. Well, it's like, yeah, because you're racing around and there's this uh, hypno orb chasing you. Right. And the first it, time I played it, I I literally was like, what do I do? Like, I could not figure out to, how not to get hit by that orb. Like, I could make it maybe four turns out of, spoiler alert, like a hundred turns. Yeah, well, that's a weird level, too, because I don't think it has any checkpoints. No, it does not. But the, the thing that is most infuriating about it uh, is that, you know, if you're ever on a straightaway, it's moving faster than you. Yeah. You cannot win. You have to be able to turn perfectly to make up to to build some distance between it or say the rat race level right by the time you know you're racing a rat down a building or whatever another great idea you got to get to this bomb before the rat does yeah i actually had fun for the first half of the level but then it's like nope we had to make the rat faster than you so you cannot win unless you start hitting him you know like to ugh. and and that sucks because it's like all right, I'm going to hit this rat so it'll it'll save me some time, but I'm standing here while he's running like to recover from your punch. Like ugh. it doesn't yeah, it you get stuck in a loop that is like just ridiculous. I mean, that Klinger Winger stage, I had to go online and I found like a thread in some forum <laughs> where the guy explained that like you have something insane like 3 or 4 frames to turn that will then give you a boost. Ugh, yeah i so i don't know how you did this but i used this guy's method and it works although it's maddening yeah and that is that you have to pause it at the frame where the vehicle has turned but the toad has not turned okay if you do that you have guaranteed that you are at the turning frame section one of those four to five frames of turning okay and if when you unpause you are pressing the correct direction that the bike is going you definitely you are 100 will get that boost Okay. By the end of that level, I got so good at knowing, at dis like figuring out when to pause that yeah. it was like a legit skill. My son, I got, that's awesome. My son was like, I don't think we can do this. And I was like, let me try. <laughs> and then, of course, it was like, all right, start me over, start me over, start me over. Yeah, but then yeah. eventually I was like, I got this. Like on all the ones, but the bottom left corner turns, which of course is a weird, f the graphics, you know, are bizarre and it, you can't tell where the angle for the turn is. Mm hmm. Because of that perspective, yeah, I mean, I could weird. do it almost every time, but I mean, you shouldn't have to pause a game to find the correct frame <laughs> to then make your move. No, I mean, I played, that was at a level where I was like, this is entirely in, as slow as I can go on my slow motion and play through. So it's a really long and, and, though, and that makes it even more frustrating if you're starting to get close to the end and you realize you can't do it and you're like, well, 
now I spent even longer on this level. Right. And then, you know, you reminded me of this because of the pause and how funny it sounds when you have it slowed down and paused. But mm, I do have yeah. to point out, and I think we've mentioned this before, that the pause music in this game is one of my favorite things in life. Oh, it's great stuff, man. It is. In fact, I think we might throw it in right now. Listen to that. Gold, yeah. baby. I hum that to myself, or sometimes out loud, minimum once a day. I found myself really liking the in-between levels music when it's, yeah. uh, you know, Professor T-Bird's at the computer and the Queen's making fun of you, but it's just another, well, I don't know, we'll play it now. Funky beats, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of these things where there's so many pieces of this where if I just lay them out to you and showed you like, hey, look at these characters. Look at these sprites. Look at these backgrounds. Check out these cool levels. Listen to this music. You'd be like, man, that must be one of the best Nintendo games of all time. Yeah. <laughs> no. Ugh, I feel like it's like a Clockwork Orange thing or something. They're like, oh, you like Nintendo, huh? But I do also want to uh, circle back to you. We're talking about those interstitials. Uh, and there is a big feature of those in-between parts. And that is the Dark Queen. Mm, yes. The only human besides the princess, which is a weird choice in this world. Well, yeah, and, they, and they, they don't give you any clues to it at all. You know, they just drop you in here. I guess if you, I, I think there was a comic in Nintendo Power. Maybe I should go back and check that out. But, you know, any like backstory for this premise, you know, is, is very flimsy, if at all. Yeah, and I mean, one of the things that made Ninja Turtles such a success was that its theme song was pure genius. Not only was it super catchy and fun, it very succinctly explained to you the origin of the turtles and the personalities of all the turtles and who you're fighting. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's like here, it's like, I guess, you know, what do you got? Zitz has sunglasses. Mm -hmm. Rash He's the punk rocker. Color. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's like, uh, they're just cosmetic, really. Exactly. But I did want to uh, circle back to the Dark Queen because she seems kind of out of place in this cartoony, goofy world. In her yeah. outfit. Well, she's like a sexy dominatrix woman or whatever. It's like, what? Like, I remember this was probably uh, right around the time I, I was, you know, I had gotten into comics. And between this and the Hellfire Club. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I remember, you know, young Eric was like, hmm, there's something, something about these characters <laughs> that I find highly interesting. I wonder what it is. I'll have to pay more attention yeah. to these superhero outfits. <laughs> <laughs> Which I later learned was just women's lingerie. It's so true. Um, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, my child, uh, my daughter walks in the room and goes, why isn't she wearing pants? It's kind of like a Wonder Woman outfit. I guess. And you're like, well, you know, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, on a side note, I think then at the, in the new one or at some point, they did give her a slightly less ridiculous outfit. So Right on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just want to point out because uh, that I that. The memory sticks out quite well to me that this character did seem slightly out of place in such a goofy world of uh, of goofy uh, humanoid creatures and disgusting enemies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is weird, too, where it's like you only get the only two humans are both the women where there's like the dark queen and Angelica. You got a dark haired, blonde hair. Hmm. Hmm. But the boss creatures or, you know, the enemies you fight, I do like them. They're interesting. You've got like a bull. You've got a bunch of weirdos. And yeah. I, for, for the most part, they're pretty fun designs. I think so. And um, 
you know, again, these boss fights, like, for example, that bull, once I figured out how to fight it, and I'm like, okay. And it's like, what does this guy take, like, 20 hits? Like, these fights go on sometimes where you're like, why? uh, I don't know. And with no health bar for the boss or even, like, you know, come on, give me the classic flashing red. Something, you know. I had You you just don't know, and they just become such a long slog. Um, The bull wasn't too bad. There's one later on, though, that is just, like, I... I didn't know what to do at the end. I was like, I'll just, I've got plenty of men. And that's the other thing I want to talk about is that when you get hit in this game, you do not have any frames of invincibility. No, no, you don't. (laughs) And that is a huge problem. Yeah, it really sucks because, I mean, I've seen some of these enemies like will juggle you like where you're like, like they'll hit you and uh, or okay, say there's the rat where it's like, oh, I hit you and then you're stunned. But you're not invincible, and then it's like, and I can kill you one hit when I jump out of the screen and land on you. And you're like, okay. Or they just knock you right back into another enemy, and they go back and forth. Or, I mean, it was for me, it was really the bosses. Like, if you're in the corner, or, you know, oh, they'll yeah. juggle you up in the air, and then they'll just keep hitting you, and you, you have no recourse at all. Yeah. You know, you just made me remember that you can pick up enemies somehow. Because I remember doing that to the bosses every once in a while on accident. There were a few. Yeah, I I know what you mean, where I kept being like, or, you know, like I was fighting that hypno orb. Uh One time I had it locked in this corner and I was like, oh, my gosh, I think I could just beat it. Where it's like I would punch it twice and then pick it up and throw it. And I'm just like, I have no idea if I'm damaging it or not. And I did it for like a solid two minutes. And I was like, all right, I don't I don't think this is working. I guess I give up. (laughs) Try something else. And then in addition to that lack of invincibility frames, these enemies, when they hit you, they hit you really far. Yeah. So they will knock you off of a ledge in one hit, some tiny, crummy enemy. Yeah. But but the reason I brought this up was that you only get invincibility when you've died. Yeah, which really sucks. Like that, you know, it's just one of the many things where it's just like, nope, just multiplying the difficulty another way, you know? Yeah, it is just one more notch in the belt of brutality. (laughs) It's maddening. Well, folks, that's it for part one of our coverage of Battletoads. I think it's all we can record in uh, one afternoon before Nick has an aneurysm. <laughs> so next week's game will continue to be Battletoads. Um, you know what I'm going to say? I guess try to try to play some of the first part of this game. You know, normally I implore you to play along. I don't even know if I could really in any good conscience tell you to try to beat this game. Uh, yeah, it's not. I don't know. I mean, it's yeah, something. it's It's something. <laughs> Don't worry. Next week, we're going to go through each level, talk about the weird mechanics and choices they made in each one and why the levels could be really awesome, but ended up not being awesome in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. That's right. And you know what? If there's anyone out there, if, if you beat this game, cheating or not, let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. Or furthermore, if you beat and like this game, then, you know, put your dukes up because we've got, we've got words coming at you. But, you know, let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. Yeah, oddly enough, this is a game that I feel like if you've cheated and beaten this game, you still get like the same amount of respect for me <laughs> as a yeah, person man. that would beat this game legit. It's it is tough. So, yeah, let us know, folks there. Or you can hit us up on Facebook at Cartridge Command, Twitter at Cart Command. Uh, you know, we try to let you know when new shows drop. 
it's been a little crazy lately with uh, you know getting back to work and all of our new schedules and whatnot. So we do apologize if we haven't been uh, coming out as regular on the Wednesdays or Thursdays. But hey, we do get one out to you every week because well, because of the wonderful folks to give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. Mm. Yes. Those fine folks give us a little bit of coin from their uh, purses each week. And because of that, we can make this show. They pay for our hosting, any equipment we need, all that fun stuff. We're just a couple of working class stiffs, you know, and uh, we do this in our spare time. And thanks to them, we have the means to do so and the drive to do so. So as long as you keep giving, we'll keep making. Oh, yeah. And if you'd like to hear more of uh, from us, maybe some more OG RPG or some extended coverage of other things, consider giving more or more importantly, just giving. We we have enough cool people to give to us the small amount. We'd love to see a lot more people give to us another small amount, grow that pile of money enough to where perhaps I don't have to uh, work a couple nights a week and I could really focus on getting more podcasts out. It'd be sweet. Would be some sweet sweetness. So please, uh, if you don't give, consider doing so. And those that do, once again, thank you so very much. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, game on! Oh, and uh, you got to put the Battletoads music in, at the at the end of the show. Okay, for sure. Because that theme song is hilarious. It, it is, man. I listen to that theme song, by the way. It's horrible. It's so horrible. It's good, though. <laughs> I watched almost the whole episode. I, I, I didn't have time. I'll go back, though, for sure. It would look rough, though, man. Super Ghost works it all.